Mic check one two one two. What's up, Apple Top? Stacy Stace on the mic. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> uh, so how have you been since that last time we talked? You're so silly. <laughs> uh, what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about um, a leader or a follower. Uh, and that's not that simple. You know, it's not like you can just say, oh, I'm straight up a leader or a follower about everything because everybody has their own their own things that they just won't bend on and then other things that they feel like someone could talk them into. Uh, I feel like peer pressure is a pretty good one to start with. So were you ever a, a follower, like a peer pressure girl? Not at all. No. No, not even a smidgen. Mm-mm. Do you feel like you got a lot of peer pressure from like friends or, you know, people that are quote unquote friends? Um, honestly, no. And I think that would be because if you know me and my personality, you pretty much know where I stand. So I kind of feel like people prey on the weak when it comes to peer pressure, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. You know who you can, you can pressure and you know who you can't. So I would have to say for me, no. I'm, I'm the same way, uh, which I feel like probably would shock some people because I think I come off kind of, um, easy to, to push into things, but I never was. I mean, I had friends that I felt like you would think, like if you set us in a room together and someone said, hey, based on the personalities of these people that you know, which one do you think you could pressure into whatever it is, drugs, sex, whatever? Mm-hmm. I feel like they would have picked me just because of the way that I, I come off quiet and I don't usually want to be confrontational. I feel like you would think, oh, she'd be easy to sway. But it was usually my friends that were the loudest or the most opinionated in any setting that could be and I didn't see it when I was a kid you know when I was a teenager I didn't see that people were pressuring them that they didn't really want to do these things I just thought gosh they're stupid (laughs) right right (laughs) but they would I mean they would drink until they puked they would drink till they blacked out it wasn't because they were they wanted to it was because someone was like hey man don't be a pussy like you can chug or whatever the case may be and I would just sit back and they would try to do the same to me. I mean, I had friends that would shove joints in my face before I had ever tried it. And I'm like, no, I'm not interested. Like, if when I am, I'll let you know. If I decide right. I want to, I'll tell you. Like, oh, are you scared? No, I'm not scared. I have no interest. Like, I didn't care if you made fun of me. I didn't care if you called me names or tried. I mean, the more you tried to goad me into it, the more pissed off I became about it. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you... <laughs> You say that about your personality. I want to throw out there that you are a person that if you see something is wrong or you see something is being done wrong to somebody else, you are quick to say, hey, 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 no, 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 no. You're not going to do that or you can't say that like you're that person. You know what? That's true. As much as I don't want to have a confrontation with anybody, if I feel I have to, if it's if it's morally just then I'm going to absolutely right right well you know I feel like when it comes to leaders and followers I feel like that you just have certain people who feel like they need to belong to something and and that's where you know churches and cults and um all these groups you know all this these kind of and I'm not saying that all of them are are like that because I've been a part of a group I've been in a book club I've been in a bible study I've I've been in that that kind of stuff but I don't feel the need to belong but I know people who absolutely 
have they need they have to have that setting or be in a group to feel like they belong to something and sometimes when you have that mentality you kind of do things that you wouldn't normally do just so you can be accepted yeah that that is absolutely true and that's a really good way to put it i mean i feel like you're right like i would I probably only saw these people as, as one, not one dimensional, but I, you know, I saw these people as, oh, this such and such is outspoken and they don't care about getting in fights. So they're not scared of not belonging, of not fitting in when really I found out much, much later from, you know, friends that I was friends with when we were in high school and then made it 10, 15 years out of high school um, where they would say, you know what? I really envied you. I envied that you didn't care. Like you didn't like, well, I cared. I, I was terrified every day of high school. I hated everybody. You know, like it was just the most miserable time in my life, but they would say, well, you know what? You, you didn't care. You would have pink hair. You would wear, um, you know, Kurt Cobain t-shirts and people would make fun of you and you just, you just didn't care. Like you didn't, it didn't stop you. And I'm like, well, I mean, no, I wasn't going to let them stop me, but it's still miserable every damn day. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I try to teach the kids. Um, Cause you're going to hear me say several times during our podcast um, about me teaching my children, because that's real. I think it's really important for people who are parents to make sure that, you maybe teach your child things that you weren't taught or may, maybe things that you learned, you know, uh, in your situations. And so I teach my children. This is what I teach them. I feel like it's human nature when you are around somebody for you to pick up each other's habits. I feel mm-hmm. like that's just human nature. So let's say me and you are hanging out a lot. I might start to say certain things that you say or, or vice versa. Um, or, you know, maybe I might start to, for instance, watch some shows that you watch or whatever. <laughs> so that's cool. Right. So right. But I let my children know it's only natural for those things to happen, but you have to consciously be aware of how much is happening because it can get, there's a thin line where you can start to lose your identity. It's a thin line where you can start to sound like, talk like, act like somebody else. And then when that happens, you've lost Stacy. So I tell my children, it's okay for you to pick up certain things from people because you like it or you, you, whatever it is that you're, why you're picking it up. But just remember to keep your identity. Don't lose your entire identity in someone else. You know what? That's so smart. That I mean, it really is. Like it probably, it probably to you because you've thought it through and you've thought to say it. It probably sounds so basic and easy to just know. You know, this is the way it is. And I think that was something that I always had growing up, but I didn't realize I did. You know, I didn't. And just because I did doesn't mean that everybody did. And I wouldn't ever think to tell someone, "Be careful," you know, that you don't lose yourself. Like that was a perfect way to say it. And I wouldn't have ever thought to articulate it that way. That hey, it's okay if you want to do some stuff that your friends want to do. That's fine, but don't forget you're still, you know, you're still you in there, and don't don't lose that person. Like I never would have thought to say that. I think it was really good. Yeah, I've watched it happen. I, I can't say that's happened to myself because 
no, that's never happened to me. But I've watched it happen to a lot of people. And it wouldn't make sense to me. Like, why is this person being exactly like this person or all their, you know, I mean, I'm talking about the way they talk, their mannerisms, the way they dress. I mean, just all of a sudden, this person turned into this person. And it's like, well, what about you? You know, and that's right. what I'm, I'm looking on the in, outside thinking, what about you? What about the things you like or dislike or what you want? What about you? And so for me, I, I'm always going to be true to me. And I think that maybe comes from, I wasn't allowed to be me growing up. I wasn't allowed to have freedom of expression and be who I was I wasn't allowed to you know I was kind of like a robot I had to do what I was I had to do what I was told and I, I had to keep any kind of feelings or emotions or how I felt to myself I could never voice them so once I was able to get out of that environment and make choices on my own and decide this is me and this is what I want and this is who I am I held on that held on to that so tight and I'll never let that go. Um, but that's because that's what the situation that I came from. So when I watch other people transition like that, I just think, please don't lose yourself, you know? And that's why, you know, I, it was really important for me to teach my children that like, it's okay to like things, but just, just stick to you, you know, don't forget you. So, uh, yeah, that's absolutely, I mean, that that's just, again, it's taking something that was a shitty situation and turning it into to some good, you know, or, or making it matter, you know, turning it into something that's good for you. Um, I, as far as my, my mom's side, when I was younger, I could do pretty much whatever I wanted within reason, you know, when I was, when I was at my dad's, but when I would have to visit my mom, it was exactly what, you know, what you said. Whereas I, on our last, one of our last episodes, we were talking about how back in the day we used to put that string in our hair and, and, you know, it would like start at the, the root of your hair and go all the way down. And it would be like, whatever colors you wanted, pink, purple, blue, yellow. And then um, you would put like little charms on them and like you would trade charms with your friends, little rubber bands and stuff like that. And um, if I, if I had something like that, that I couldn't remove when I went to visit my mom, then I would be shamed, you know, into to taking it off, to not standing out, to not being that person. But as far as the clothes I wore and, and the jewelry I wore and the way I carried myself was completely different when I was at home, you know, when I was around my dad or when I felt like I could be me. So you're exactly right. It made me covet that feeling and thinking of like, you're not going to take that from me. I worked really hard for this. Right, right. And then you could go, you could take uh, leaders and followers to maybe, and I've seen this in people that I know that you're a follower in your, sorry about that. You're a follower in your personal life, but you're a leader in your work life. Ah, yep. That's, that's really, really good. I feel like I am much more of a leader in my personal life <laughs> and not a, uh, not so much. I mean, I guess it depends on what, what job since I've had several that we're talking about, but I never wanted to make waves. I never wanted to work my way up the ladder. I would become the best at my job. And that's what mattered to me. I don't need to do your job and I don't want to go any higher, but I'll be the best at my job. So um, I'm the type of person that I don't know where this came from. I'm not really sure. 
because I've talked to friends of mine who say that they don't like to step up or be in any kind of leadership role or, I mean, it doesn't even have to be work, but just come in and pretty much control a situation or take over a situation that they're scared. So here comes, we've talked about fear before and how fear is a factor that they are scared that they don't want to be the center of attention. They don't want to take on the responsibility of whatever it is. Um, they don't know how to, to be in a leadership role. There's, there, there's so many varying factors. Now for me, I don't have any fear. Like I don't have a fear of talking in front of somebody. I don't have a fear if, let's say if we're in a group setting and, and, you know, they say um, we need somebody to take over and organize this and do this and and make this happen. I'll be the first one to say, if nobody else wants to do it, I'll do it. You know, I would let somebody else do it before I did it. But if nobody else wants to do it, I don't have a problem stepping up and taking control of the situation. I don't know where that came from. I guess that's just a part of my personality that I was born with. I don't have a fear of that, but I understand it. I understand having a fear of that because when you step into a leadership role, a lot of things come with that. And you're going to have people who don't like the decisions you make. They um, might not like you anymore because you're in that role. Um, You have to make decisions for other people when you're in that role. There's a lot of things that come along with it. So I can understand how and why it would be scary. But for me, that's not an issue for me. Always been an issue from when you were describing that I was getting like anxiety in my chest, just thinking (laughs) (laughs) like, like, the worst, and I mean the worst thing, was for me to have a job where I didn't talk to. Now, if I if I had worked at a place and I knew most of the people, then it might just be like, oh, I don't want to have to work with such and such. Like, they're a pain in my ass. But it wouldn't be stressful. But going into a job where it's, say, so large that you can't possibly know everybody you work with and being told I have to sit in a group, oh, my God, like, sweating bullets, nausea. Like, I, I want, and, and for no reason. You know, like I can logically have a conversation in my head saying, why are you freaking out? Like, this is just work. Nothing's happening. You're not going to get any trouble. You're not being judged. Like, why are you losing your mind? But the fact that they're going to have to come into my personal space or I have to move away from my desk, you know, where I'm most comfortable and I have to go sit with these people. And and just my day is all effed up now that I have to work with other people and, and I have to account for other personalities and you know, just the, the dynamic of having to figure out who's supposed to represent us. And it is just, it's something I want a part of and something that bothers me. Public speaking, never, ever, ever have I been good at that. (laughs) I know everybody listening is so shocked, but never been good at it. Never will be good at it. As far as I'm concerned. I mean, that is like just pure terror to me to stand up in front of a crowd. My, um, my sister-in-law was telling me that she was like, I like this podcast and, and, you know, I like the way that you guys interact with each other. And I was like, yeah, Stacy's really, really legit. 
she's a great storyteller, hence why she's a writer. So the fact that you say you wouldn't be, and I understand kind of because you're like, I can talk and I can tell stories, but I'm not in front of people. (laughs) I'm not put on the spot. All eyes are on me. So I understand it. But I feel like maybe it's a disservice to the world that you aren't because you are a great speaker. Uh, you know what? I appreciate that. And you're right. I will give you or, or I will agree with you that when when I'm on a, a podcast or um, when I'm doing a, a YouTube video, I mean, I can sing my heart out on a YouTube video when there's nobody sitting in the room with me. But right now, if you ask me, hey, just sing me a little something, unless we were joking around, you know, I could do that. But if you were like, sing me something right now, I would just straight up lose my voice. Like I wouldn't be able to physically do it. It's that kind, it's that innate fear that's built into me. And I, 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 I totally, I couldn't do it because it's not just, it's not just me anymore. One podcast. We're going to have to do that. So you can conquer fear. It's like, you know, like, this oh is all my about, God. Yeah. All about growth and conquering. <laughs> you know, I took, uh, I've taken an abundance of classes throughout my uh, adult life in every career aspect that you can think of, okay? And Mm -hmm. one of the classes that I've taken is I had a mentor for real estate um, and I took a class where they pretty much, it was like a coaching class, you know, because when you deal with people in the real estate business as you you will learn from your husband, Mm -hmm. You deal with the different people, you deal with different personalities, you deal with different situations. Um, it's all about a rapport and trust um, uh, profession. And so there's certain things and tactics that they try and teach you just so you can persevere. Okay. And so mm-hmm. this particular class, and I'll, I'll give you the picture uh, um, so you can post it if you like, um, this class was telling you that we miss a lot of opera because to seize opportunities right carpe diem seize seize the moment (laughs) seize the day right so we we miss a lot of opportunities because of the unknown because we are scared because we are unsure because we don't know what the outcome is going to be and so this class was to show you that you have to do certain things in order to overcome those situations. So in this class, the the instructor had fire, okay? And he would take it, he would light this fire and and then he would put it out in his mouth. And so he asked the class, he says, "Um, what do you, everybody's like, oh no, oh hell no, oh God, you know, well, (laughs) you know, like that, because why would you want to put fire in your mouth? That makes no sense. Okay. And so he says, what, tell me everything that you were thinking. And so everybody starts blurting out. Oh, I thought you were going to burn yourself. Oh, uh, I thought that I, I, I didn't know whether there was fire going to go out. What are the chemicals going to do to you? Um, what does your mouth taste afterward? Uh, you know, how's your mouth afterwards? Uh, so they're just calling out all these things and saying the reason why they would not do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he was trying to teach that you don't know what's going to happen unless you give it a try, right? So he's asking everybody, who wants to get up here and try it? So <laughs> yeah. So he's asking, who wants to get up here and try it? So you can have another perspective, not just mine. 
because all of you are telling me that you have doubts. This is something you would never do. And that's just it. So nobody would go up there. And so I'm always about challenging myself. So I raise my hand and I'm going to go up there. I go up there. He tells me step by step what is going to happen. He, he has the fire thing in his hand. He has the lighter. He holds my hand. He tells me when to close my eyes, open my mouth. And so this is trust, right? Here come, mm-hmm. Here's the trust part because I have to trust him. I'm closing my eyes and he's going to put this fire in my mouth and he's going to tell me when to close it so nothing happens to me. Okay? So I'm standing there. He's standing there. He has this stick. I'm, I'm shaking. <laughs> I'm sweating. <laughs> all the above. And he lights it. He tells me to lean my head back, open my mouth. He inserts the fire. When he inserts it, he says, close your mouth. He clo- I closed my mouth. I felt nothing. I didn't feel any heat. I did not feel any fire. I could taste a little bit of the chemical on my palate, the palate of my mouth. But everything that I thought and everything that the class thought would happen and how I felt and what I tasted, everything was nothing like it was. So I don't know why I'm telling you this, but (laughs) that was, no, that was like, that was amazing. Like I was completely sucked. I knew you had done that because I remember seeing you post it um, at one point, but I didn't know the story behind it. So I was, I was totally mesmerized. Go ahead. What? That's what I, I, I was trying to find out the reason why I, I was telling the story, but I was telling the story because you have to put your, to be a leader, you have to put yourself in positions and awkward circumstances that the normal person wouldn't. Well, let me give you a scenario then. When you were talking about that, when he said to the whole class of people, who's going to come up? I never would have raised my hand. However, if it was just he and I, and he said, who wants to come up? I would have been right there. So the difference for me is all the people watching as now would I push myself? Yes, but I'm going to miss out on it if there's a bunch of people watching me. Oh, and see, so you, you usually when you're a leader, it's not just you and another person. <laughs> you, right? right? No, you're right. You're right. I'm just saying like, that's my... That's where I, yeah, like that's where I would, um, my fault, you know, where I would try something out of my my league and I would feel really proud of myself. And once I attempted it without an audience, then I could probably do it with an audience. But that, that fear of, of people seeing me fail or get hurt or just being a part of something where it's so intimate to me because I'm so uncomfortable, that's where I'm going to miss out because I can't do it. Right. It's hard to push past those emotions because after we were finished, the instructor grabbed my hand and and he was like, I'm so proud of you. And he said to the class, he's like, she is shaking in her boots. (laughs) (laughs) And, And I was, I was shaking the whole time. I felt nervous. I felt uneasy. I felt uncomfortable, but I could work past that. And I can understand that there's certain personalities that can't work past that. Mm-hmm. So um, I just really think when it comes to being, and I think that when you say follower, it, it brings a negative connotation. It, it does. And I'm glad you pointed that out. That's not true. Right. 
You know, there's some people who, I don't know, I don't want to say this, uh, whatever I'm about to say, I don't mean in a negative way, even though it might come out that way, but some people need help. They need help in finding their way. Um, maybe they don't think a certain way and um, you can give them insight to something. Uh, elaborate on what I'm saying. I know, I know you know what I'm saying. No, I was, I was actually just thinking, gosh, I love that we do this because, you know, exactly what you said, a follower has a negative connotation. And I feel like that's exactly how I described it. But you were like, well, hey, you know, it's not always negative. And exactly what you're saying is not a way that I would have thought to point it out. So I'm so glad you said that because, yeah, exactly that. Sometimes you just need someone to show you and then you feel like you can do it and then you can lead. You know, it's almost like, almost like learning from somebody who's got more experience or learning from somebody who has more confidence. Like if let's say you and I both went to that same seminar that you went to and they said, well, anybody come up and we could have gone up together or I could have watched you, then I probably would have done it too. Or maybe I would have shut down and said, no, you know what? You did it. You tell me about it. But you just never know in the situation. Everybody is different. And exactly what you said being a follower doesn't mean that you're not cut out to lead. It just means you may follow in this particular situation, or maybe that's just your personality where you're like, you know what? I don't want to lead a bunch of people because I don't, as far as work goes, I, I guess I am more of a follower. I, I want instructions on what I want to do and I want you to leave me alone and I want to go do it. I'll be autonomous all day long, but I also don't want a bunch of people that I have to lead and show how to do things. And when I mess up, they get to see it. Or I have to explain to them, hey, this is how I fixed it. I don't want to lead people. I want to do my job and my job alone. So as far as, as a, a work relationship, I would be, I think, considered a follower, whereas you would not. You're good at being a leader. You're good at telling people, I'm a good trainer, but I'm not a good leader. We gain strength from people who are leaders, I feel like, because I have, I, I, I'm sure that there's certain levels to a follower as there's certain levels to a leader, because I would not call myself like a gun ho top tier leader. I would never call myself that, but I know people who are, and I love to take the strength that they have and try and better myself. So I think that it, it's great that there's like a, a, a negative and a positive to both sides. Let me share mm -hmm. this story. I don't know if you remember or if you ever even realize, but, and this is a person that we used to work with. This person used to copy me to a T. Okay. I'm talking about down to the way that they did their makeup, the things that I said, uh, the way that they started interacting with their clients to the point where I don't, I know that they say imitation is flattery in my mind is fucking annoying. Okay. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't, I don't like it at all. Okay. So I saw these things starting to um, get out of control in my mind, get out of control because I felt like that person was losing their identity. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, one day I said, um, I forget how I said it, but pretty much I was like, I noticed that a lot of things that I do that you do too, and I feel like it's getting a little bit out of hand. And I went to the makeup. I was like, you just, you even started doing your makeup like I do my makeup. And uh, like wearing the contacts and doing the makeup and all this other stuff. And and she was like, 
does it bother you? And I was like, well, it kind of does. And that's why I'm bringing up and I'm bringing it up. Not to say that I'm mad at you for doing this. I'm just saying that I acknowledge that you're doing it and I want you to stop. If I can help you in any way, like if you want me to help you, you know, do your makeup better, or if you want me to, you know, help you find another way to deal with your clients or something like that. I'm willing to help you, but I feel like you're copying me. I feel like you're mocking me. So it's like when I'm dealing with you, I feel like I'm looking at a less than genuine version of myself. And I kind of don't like that. And I told her, you're a fantastic person. The way that you did your makeup, the way that you deal with your clients, the verbiage that you use is fabulous. You don't need mine. You don't need me. You don't need to copy the things that I do. And she was like, you know, she said, she was like, I'm so sorry. She told me, she was like, I didn't even realize that it had gone that far. Um, and I told her it's a, it was okay. But that situation right there, I think was the first time that I ever had to say, Hey, Stop copying me. You're losing yourself. You know right. what I mean? Like, what are you doing? I, I've honestly never been in that situation. I don't think anybody has ever felt the need. <laughs> I don't think I've ever shown somebody something that was so good to them that they thought, gosh, I want to be just like that. I well, don't think maybe, that's ever been. Maybe it did happen, but maybe you weren't around to see it. That is true. It's definitely a possibility. I mean, I, like I said, the only thing I, I ever encountered was, you know, many, many years later, having a friend tell me, I wish I had had the guts you had, you know, to be who I wanted to be. And that was so flattering, because I always felt like they were who they wanted to be that they, you know, they didn't follow, right? Uh, like a specific, you know, that I mean, they didn't want to be me, they that wasn't what they wanted. But the fact that you looked at me and you thought, gosh, you know, I wish I could be like her. I wish that made me feel really, really good. So as far as being who I want to be when I want to be it, that is where I shine. That's where I lead. But as far as having to help someone else be something, I mean, again, I can help train somebody, but that's as far as I feel like I can go of, of being a leader for someone. I can, I can be in that position. Um, and I feel like if somebody asked me, I could help you be the best version of yourself, but what I don't want you to be is your best version of me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was that was so good. I feel like as far as podcasts go, you had so much insight on this and so much more to say, and I loved it. Like I love just listening to your side of everything. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you very much. Wait, that's that's the great thing I feel like that has come into this between me and you is that you give me a view on things that. I wouldn't have that view of and vice versa. Um, not only that, but I also feel like it portrays that two people who grew up in the same area, who had two different lifestyles, two different th thought processes, thought process can still be the greater friends. Yeah. It, yeah. it says a lot about how things should be in the country overall, not to get all political or, or anything like that, but just how torn the country feels based on race and politics and, you know, how that whole thing about, um, I think I talked about it in one of our other podcasts about Ellen on TV sitting next to George Bush at a 
baseball game or basketball game or something and how people were giving her shit about it. Like, how could you talk to him? How could you laugh with him? How dare you betray us? And she's talk like, look, George Bush, oh, Ju- uh, not oh, senior. Oh. Um, and, uh, and she said, look, I'm not here to hate anybody. You know, the fact that he and I could sit next to each other and enjoy a game together and share a few smiles and a few laughs, everybody needs to embrace that. You don't have to. She's like, we're not going to walk away and call each other on the phone and hang out with one another. We are very different people who probably wouldn't be friends just based on the fact that we are so very different we wouldn't find a common ground however sitting in that baseball game or or whatever game it was we found a common ground we were able to you know sit next to each other as very differing as we were and get along and smile and share a few laughs she was like we should all hope to do that every day right that happened to me um there was like a a a racial situation that had went went down and this particular guy took the the racist person's side right well Mm -hmm. okay so i'm gonna use bob and linda here bob is friends with linda and her her man right Mm -hmm. well i went to go visit linda and bob was going to show up and she's like i'm sorry that he's going to be here um you know i know you don't like him blah 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 and i'm like hold on why don't i like him and then she's like because you know of that stuff that happened with so and so and blah blah i was like well i don't have any problem with him yeah, i mean he he definitely voiced where where he was at and and um what side he was on but that's your friend so I went there and I visited her. We functioned. We had a conversation. We were fine because just like you said, this is what it comes down to. That's not my friend. First of all, that was her friend, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, that was somebody that they function with. Just because I know that you would choose somebody over me or that you chose to choose the racist side and I know that you're not all about me. I can still be cordial to you and I can still function with you in that environment. I probably would never, ever want to see you again or hang out with you again. Uh, I'm not calling you and we're not the best of friends, but I can get along with you. Long as you're not talking to me, telling me straight to my face, Hey, nigga, this nigga, that, and you're not a part of my life. We're fine, but I can go into a situation and I can function with you and I can be cordial to you. And I can leave with my pride and know that I handled that situation the best way that I know how and sleep at night. Just like Ellen said, I don't need to hate on him because I know he's not for black people. I know that he took that. He took the racist side. Do I need to hate and spew on him because of that? No, I just need to keep my distance and I need to maintain who I am in that situation. Exactly. Exactly. And that's not how things have been. I mean, I didn't grow up even like that. I can't tell you the amount of times where somebody has found out that my opinion differed or I found out their opinion different from mine. And then it was like, well, now we're mortal enemies. And I could never understand it. Why can't you have your views and I have my views? And the biggest one that I've run into um, has been religion. You know, if people find out that I am an atheist. The first thing that they think is that I boil babies and that I sacrifice goats and that I pray to. (laughs) No face this time. We're throwing their asses in the hot ass water. (laughs) 
<laughs> like they just think that I pray to some Satanist God and that I'm this evil human being and that if I don't have the fear of a of a God above my head that I must not be moral and I must not care and I must do these deviant things. And I just can't tell you how often that has happened to the point where it's made me angry and, and against religion. And I, I even had a friend, you know, pull me aside and be like, hey, you know, I, I, I totally am 100% support you. You know, even though I'm a Christian, I support you. But you really are, you know, you're putting a lot of anger out there. They're putting a lot of hate out and, you know, hating on Christians. And we're not all like that. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. Like, she had to check me. She had to be like, I know you're mad. Yeah, I know you've had some bad times, but hey, you know, maybe try to do turn some good, you know, say some good things about atheists and the good things that they do. Like, don't just point fingers and lash out. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. You were absolutely right. I'm so sorry. And and that kind of goes into like where we were at with the, the leader and the follower. Like sometimes you lash out at the person that's just a, a quote unquote born leader because you're not that person and you feel completely intimidated by that person and, and you lash out, you know, without without even realizing or without even meaning to because you aren't that leader person or at least I feel like I felt that way about somebody that that took initiative I felt like they wanted to maybe stomp all over me just because I didn't but it's not their fault that they feel like this is what I can do for myself it's it's my insecurity it's not theirs right I felt like in that situation that I was explaining to you about about Linda and and the guy in her life well I feel like that's where you really understand who you are and maybe like where your morals and your character stand, because here's the thing. I would accept an atheist into my life before I would ever accept a racist in my life. And let me just tell you, I would never accept a racist in my life, period. So the fact that I can sit with somebody who's not my friend, just somebody who I know by association and I could sit with somebody that I know is a racist or a borderline racist or spits, uh, spews hate and I can contain myself and I can keep myself in check is a huge, huge thing um, for your character, right? Right. It's a huge thing for your character because it's so much easier to say, no, I hate that motherfucker. They, you know, they do this or do that and I'm not going to be around them. And then you cause a uh, uncomfortable situation for Linda. And, and, and then, you know, it's just a whole lot of things that could go, go along with it. But I just feel like I have atheists in my life that I love dearly. Right. Right here, girl. Right. I, I mean, you're not the you're not the only one. I have several, but how they their personal beliefs have nothing to do with me. Right. right. That's how I feel about an atheist. Now, when it comes to a racist, I feel like you spewing hate is different than you not believing in 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 God or believing in a greater power or, you know, there's a difference. But you're right. Here's where it comes down to be the same, even though it's different. It is important for whoever that individual is who is dealing with the person who is different than them to not focus on them, but to focus on yourself and how you're going to carry yourself through that situation. 
That that is absolutely true. Like that is something that I personally need to work on to where I stop thinking of what is everybody thinking of me right in this moment and think of what am I thinking of myself or what am I doing for myself? Not even what am I thinking of myself? What am I doing for myself right now? Because I'm not here for them. And you saying that, like, that's absolutely true. That's something that I need to put out there for myself in everyday situations. Right. Because I wasn't, I wasn't there for him. I was there to see Linda and I was there to see, you know, my family. I was there to see my nephew. It was his birthday. So why would I take and compromise that visit or, or my memories that I'm going to have with Linda and her family and my nephew? Why would I do that? Because this person, you know, that this person is borderline racist, that they, you know, they would choose any white person over you any day. I, I know this and I know what side you stand on. Do I let you take from me? Do I let you um, do I let you take over my memories? Do I let you control the situation that we're in? All because I know how you feel and what your opinions are. I'm giving you power then. I have to take my power back and say, hey, I'm aware of how you feel. I know where you stand. You will never be a part of my life, but you also will not control an environment where we're both in. Yeah, that's absolutely true. That's 100% true in every situation. And so many people, again, you say it all the time, you know, be proactive, not reactive. And so many people are reactive where, and I'm, I'm reactive too. Like I have to fight not to be when I'm put in those types of situations, but you're right. At the end of the day, when you leave, are you going to have this memory where you had an argument with somebody that you're clearly not going to win? And all you're going to do is make them feel more justified in their shitty outlook of, of your race, of your character, or are you going to let that go? So you can focus on the good memories you have and not ruin a family get together that you were looking so forward to. And just when you walk away at the end of the day, a week from now, you're going to remember the good stuff. You're not going to be thinking of this argument with this person that you had. Right. Because even though you wouldn't compare the situations, we're talking about leading and following. It is the exact same thing because I could have in that situation and you as well in your situation, you could have followed the path where you could have made a confrontation. It could have been a big deal. No, I'm not dealing with him. Tell him to go or I'm not coming or blah, blah, blah. Or you could take the opposing side and be a leader of the situation and say, you know what? We're all good. I'm good with him. We're, I'll be good in that situation. Like, we're good. Yeah. No, that's totally true. Yeah, so I think that it's really important, no matter what situation it is, whether you're um, in a school setting, if you're in a work setting, a home setting, you're with your friends, you're with your coworkers. I think that it is very important to be conscious of who you are, be conscious of who you're around, and make sure that whether you consider yourself a leader or a follower, make sure that you always stay true to who you are. Absolutely. Perfect. Perfectly said. I could not have said it better myself. <laughs> All right. <well. laughs> All right. I'd say that's it. Okay. I'll see you next time, Stacey State. Bye. Bye.